3: You know what it is. It's your boy Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. The Spittin' Statistician, a.k.a. The Stable Genius and Vocal Minority, and welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Sports Grid Network, on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, episode number 408, the 408th convening of my crew to Stats Over beads, Cypher, where what we do is help you win your leagues and win that cash. We put the fun and functional sports content at the same time we got a good show for you okay we got to look back at week six all right i gotta tell you what we got right what we got wrong how you can spin it forward to win a little bit more cash and get a w next week we will look at the waiver wire in fantasy football i'll tell you for each position which guys i like that are diamonds in the rough and which ones are fugazes as you know those are the ones you need to forget about we will also Take your calls a little bit later on in the show, okay? In the third segment, if we can, the number to call will be 844-843-6879. We'll break down Monday Night Football. We got uh, Packers, Lions. I have some prop bets that I'm intrigued by, especially given the Green Bay run defense and what my boy has been doing touching the ball over the last couple of weeks. My boy has more carries than everybody in the NFL, except for Christian McCaffrey, against that run defense. Hmm, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on what i want to talk about first though is i want to let y'all know about the injuries that took place because that is the context you need for things like the waiver wires okay uh so we move forward moving on in fantasy football will disley i think is the big one from yesterday And it's a shame, too. People are starting to really view him as a complete tight end one, a week-to-week starter. He goes down with an Achilles again. It looks like he will be out for the rest of the year. Amari Cooper, with that quad injury, missed most of the second half against the Jets, and it looked different for the Cowboys. They're saying he probably will not be ready for their next Big time game in the NFC East against the Philadelphia Eagles. Manny Sanders left that game in Denver against Tennessee with a knee injury. They're saying it's not that serious. We'll keep an eye out on that. Same with Chris Thompson with a foot. Marquise Lee with a foot injury as well. So here's the deal: it's only Monday. As you know, I do my next show Fantasy Freestyle on Thursday. We will tell you how the practice reports are trending in what direction, so you know if uh, there's actually risk for you moving forward. Also. I got to tell people, I want to give a shout out to my man, the King Scott Angle. You know, he once told me that he's on so many fantasy teams that he doesn't even pay attention. He doesn't pay attention to who he's facing. He doesn't pay attention to if they blew up or not because there's just so more and so many. And this year, I've got like seven, eight, nine. I have lost track of them. And you know what I'm realizing? That it's not like I'm not giving a damn about them all, but I can't do the same kind of team by team management. Like I tell you all the time, it's not about finding players, it's about finding other teams that match with you for trade. It's hard to put in that kind of effort. I'm more just like picking up starters now for the Fugazis that I drafted in certain places, and it's hard. I can't follow it all day on Sunday. Like tonight, for example, there's one league where I need, you know, Marcus Valdez Scantling, there's a league where I need Jimmy Graham. There's a need where I need there's a league where I need, you know the guy, carry on, right? Then there's other leagues where I'm facing those same guys. So it's really a problem. But Scott Engel taught me that. That I don't pay attention until maybe going into Monday night. And that cannot be more for the truth. And now for me, as we get along and we're getting into season week six, gonna be week seven, for me it's a combination of like the entry fee, my home league, you know, and now the ones where I'm doing better, right? I'm going to spend more time if it's a $400 buy-in and I'm like five and one, you know, versus if it was a $20 buy-in and I'm, you know, two and four. So I I, I hear you people and it is tough to keep it all on the same vein uh, or, you know, kind of working through it all but that's why you are here with the fantasy freestyle here on mondays and on thursdays on sports grid um here's what i want to also talk about let's let's start with our big time takeaways for the overall week then in the next segment we'll talk about what speeds got right what speeds got wrong uh, as we flip it forward for the waivers and things like that i gotta tell you something honestly the first thing i'm gonna tell you guys is patty mahomes is compromised All right, that's the biggest takeaway from me because we're talking about the damn Kansas City Chiefs, a team that a lot of people think are a Super Bowl contender, that ankle is not okay, and it matters, okay? Listen, for fantasy, Patty Mahomes looked fine, 273 yards, three touchdowns, only one pick, but the difference is in the way defenses have to play Kansas City and respect what Pat Mahomes can do. You saw for the last year and a half him doing these crazy rollouts, extending plays. That's not happening much anymore. That hasn't been happening in the last couple of weeks, certainly in the last two Chiefs' losses, right? Right? Mahomes is fine. He just doesn't have that extra dimension that scares the living bejesus out of defensive coordinators. And I got to tell you, when this defense can't stop the run, Carlos Hyde did it again. What Marlon Mack did to uh, last week, Carlos Hyde did to them. Keeping Mahomes off the field and then knowing that he ain't going to pull the crazy rabbit out of his hat. This is big. Next week, they are now the road team on Thursday Night Football. And it's an issue with that defense. I don't know. Maybe Patty should take a week off. They got a week 12 bye. It's going to be a long time until there. That is my biggest takeaway from week one. Patty Mahomes is going to be fine. But 80% of Patty Mahomes and the scrambling is less intimidating than it used to be. I got another takeaway for another team that's less intimidating. But I was on it. Jilly dilly. Break out the notes. It's fantasy freestyle. You heard. Come
4: on back.
3: Welcome back. You know what it is. Episode 408 of the Fantasy Freestyle. We got some questions in the chat room from the Stats Over Beats site. My man Mendo, first of all, is like, yeah, that's why I'm on three to four teams. No doubt. I got my home league team. You know, I got these industry leagues that I want to be a part of, you know, and then people invite me. That's cool. I got a staff league, I got R leagues, that's over beats. I got to be in a league with my lady, you know, my fiance. There's a lot of leagues, bro, but it's all love. It's all love. I got to do I got to do what I got to do, right? Strong style talking about Chris uh Carlos Hyde Carlos Hyde is a guy I told you on the waiver wire a couple of weeks ago. And I'll say it again. When we get there, he's 75% owned. So usually I tell you guys that around 50% owned, things of that nature. But listen, one out of four of you can get Carlos Hyde. The key for me is that he is a volume play. And especially in games where Houston is winning, okay, in three of their last uh, three of their four wins, Carlos Hyde has 20 or more carries. And I think that'll work, okay? He is a volume play. It's not sexy, but... I'll take it. And Mad Blah is asking me about Auden Tate. Is he a weekly start from Cincinnati? I want no part of Cincinnati. As you guys know, I think they are blunt guts trash. And what do we see? Joe Mixon? No. Uh, Boyd? No. Tyler Boyd has 53 targets. This is something I heard today, guys. And this is the only reason I'll talk about the Cincinnati Bengals right now. Boyd has 53 targets. None of them in the end zone. And that is a... That is a knock on this entire offense, and that's why the the entire offense being bad compromises everybody. That's why the offensive line compromises everybody. I say this all the time. That's why I teach you how to fish instead of randomly just answering the questions, but let's get at it. I told you about Kansas City and how the threat is a little different with Patty Mahomes compromised. And they're going to need to fix that because it seems like he gets rolled up every game. I don't know. Maybe you give him a week off. I know that sounds crazy, but I digress. The other one is the Rams. The Rams are compromised also. You know I've been fading the Rams. Jilly Dilly will show you the notes. I said the Super Bowl hangover was real. I said there were other teams in that division I like better. I was on Seattle. You got to consider San Francisco now as well. Here's the thing. In the same way that the Mahomes extra stank on it is that element of the Chiefs offense, Gurley is the element of the Rams offense. Now, we know he's been compromised. He wasn't playing at all yesterday, but with him not being the same, and I said this earlier in the season, he is the linchpin that makes that go. Outside of that, teams are, in essence, able to force Jared Goff to beat them. And I've said it all year long. I said it when he signed that deal for $130 million, that I don't know that he was worth it. And he wasn't bitching and moaning and complaining about, I'm going to hold out. I don't know why the Rams did this. You look at the girly contract. You look at the Goff contract. And I don't know if that's good bang for your buck. He's got 78 yards. Now, Jared Goff is an okay quarterback. I've said it all the time. There are three kinds. One that raises all boats and make everyone else around them better. He ain't that. He needs Gurley. He is not 100% Patty Mahomes or Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers. Okay? Jared Goff is not that. Patty Mahomes compromised. Maybe he still is. The next level are these quarterbacks that I say Dak Prescott is. Jared Goff is they, Kirk Cousins is they need the things around them and then you got your blunt guts trash people I'm telling you right now something's up with the Rams they got to figure it out and I mentioned it San Francisco is 100% legit now they have shut down sexy offensive teams in back to back weeks the Browns on Monday night last week the Rams yesterday you got to start believing in this and here's what the Niners on offense I said it before they are so multiple. They can do so many different things, just like the Falcons beforehand. If you're Bill Belichick, what you like to do is take away what the opposing team does best. What is that for San Francisco? Take away the one game? Jimmy G can still beat you with a lot of people. I like what I'm seeing in San Francisco. And what I'm going to say now, I've been fading the Rams. But if you're still on the Rams, there's a universe where three teams in the NFC West Get into the playoffs, okay? The NFC East, I think they beat each other up. The NFC South, outside of Drew Brees, and the Saints, what do you trust? And the North, we'll see. Could it be a team like the Vikings up against a team like the Rams or the Packers looking for that final wild card? We shall see. Speaking of the Vikings, let's go to what Speeds got right. I told you when I was doing DFS, I told you told you when I had Adam Thielen in it, I told you when it was against the Philadelphia Eagles, who were number one against the run and 31 against the pass, I said this Vikings pass offense would continue and boy did it ever. Kirk Cousins, 333 yards, four tuds and one interception. Thielen was just fine, 57 and a touchdown, but can you dig it he finally comes back 167 on three catches and three touchdowns here's the thing though when you spin it forward this is a different team at home and this is a different team when they can have a matchup that they like against the pass they still want To run the ball. But against Philly, the opportunity was just there. Against the Giants the week before, the opportunity was just there. Compare that, because for me, it's still Kirk Cousins that I don't know that I trust. Compare that against, say, Seattle with Russell Wilson, who I do trust. They still want to run the ball, but in the right matchup or in the right game flow, they can throw the ball. That's what I'm seeing out of Minnesota, and I told you guys about that. Going into last week. Another one I told you. Going into last week. I said it. In DFS, I said it in other ways. I said, oh boy, the Jets are going to look a lot different now that they have a legitimate quarterback. I told you I was interested in Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder in DFS. Boy, did they look good. j 6 for 98. Robbie Anderson, 125 on five catches and a touchdown. Darnold throwing for 338 yards. I told you this would be a much different team. And here's the truth, guys. Of the three games that the Jets played with their third-string quarterback. At New England was a loss anyway. At Philly was probably a loss anyway. The only one that hampers the Jets' long-term future to me was that Monday Night Football loss against Cleveland. That's a game I thought they could have, should have, would have won with Sammy Darnold, but didn't with Simeon and then ultimately Falk. But it's really only a delta of one game. And everyone knew that the Jets' early season was tough, and then it opens up. Okay, they got New England next Monday night. I'll give them a loss on that one, all right? But then, guys, Jacksonville, Miami, the Giants, Washington, Oakland, Cincinnati, Miami, Pittsburgh. I mean, there's some wins in there. I think there's another five or six wins. You add that to the one they have, that's seven wins, guys. That's exactly where Vegas was on their season win total. So let's not all get so crazy. It's amazing how the entire team looks different now that Sam I am is there. And I told you that would happen. I also said from the beginning of the season that the Tennessee Titans would at some point go to Ryan Tannehill. Listen, Marcus Mariota goes 7 of 18. For 63 yards. Now I know Denver is a good defense. But he was missing wide open people. I think Tannehill could be that game manager. I had that one. I also told you about that Atlanta Arizona over. I said it would be great for DFS. But these teams are not good. These fall into the category of these quarterbacks. Throw in for days. But can't get W's. I've said this before. You have to be balanced. Look at Indianapolis. Look at Houston. And their balance. I told you we didn't want Baltimore and Lamar throwing the ball. Now they have the balance again. They utilize him as a runner over 150 yards for Lamar. Bang, they get another W, okay? These teams that are going to be forced into volume throwing, all right, it's good for the fantasy team. It is not good for the real team. Just remember, Blake Bortles was QB7 one year, all right? Garbage time Four days. That's what you have to know. Those are some of the things I got right. When it comes to some of the things I got wrong, I got to tell you because I am not going to try to say that I get everything right. Unlike some other analysts out there and hosts, we acknowledge what we got wrong. That's what we're going to do on the other side of the break here. Fantasy Freestyle episode number 408 hit me up in the chat room if you got questions i'll answer some of them on air and you'll be able to hit me up on the phone a little bit later on in the show 844 843 when we come back speeds acknowledges what he got wrong and then we spin it forward to week seven Another four teams on buy, and who should you be looking at the waiver wire? All that and more. Episode 408 with the Stats Over Beats cipher. The chat room is on and popping, teaching you how to fish. You're absolutely right, Derek Scott. Come on back.
0: DailyRoto.com
3: back fantasy freestyle right here on sports grid spin statistician i gotta let you know listen if you want to. Risk-free wagers up to a thousand dollars. You can go on over to pointsbet.com/grid. Open up a Points bet Sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID, and you will get two risk-free bets up to a thousand dollars. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you're playing tonight, Monday Night Football, you bet Green Bay minus four and a half. Then they win by two touchdowns. You will receive fourteen times your stake. That's pointsbet.com slash grid. Enter the promo code GRID and get your two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. That's just an example. That's not necessarily what I would say to do on this game, but the theory holds true. You got to love it. Our friends over at pointsbet.com, use the promo code GRID. We got some... Uh, things in the chat room listen I'm telling you guys you know you guys were talking about Blake Bortles that season garbage time production still counts Ben is mentioning Matt Ryan yep another person uh, strong style of Philip Rivers yep these are teams that have seen that they can't run the ball and are putting it on their quarterback who's just gonna sling it sling it sling it and you know who else fits in that category you guys have been talking about it in the chat room as well Jameis M.F. Winston, okay? I was on here. I was on um, on air yesterday morning from 10 to 1, you know, our pro football today. Uh, good show, by the way. We added Ariel Epstein. She's killing it. Some of you guys liked her in her debut. I saw it in the chat room. Um, we're going to get her on freestyle maybe at some point. But it was the fourth quarter early in the fourth quarter, and Jameis had like 270 yards. And I was like, watch, Jameis is going to finish with over 350. And he finished with 400, okay? It's another point to be made. What's good for the fantasy team is not good for the NFL team. Being in a place with negative game flow where you got to throw, 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 bad for the real team gets you 400 yards for Jameis Winston, okay? Same thing I tell you about the fantasy herd bad for the fantasy team because you don't know people are telling me what about woods what about cooks you know right but it's good for the team unless of course you're playing the san francisco defense all right but listen it's look at not only Jameis. i started Jameis in some places i know he defecated the mattress because of the six turnovers but look at the wide receivers godwin 10 for 151 Evans, 9 for 96. But, you know, hopefully they correct it. But that's something I got wrong. I thought Bruce Arians would be in his ear, would be able to, you know, improve Jameis, but he's saying now he's trying to be Superman. He's got to throw the ball away. It seems like the same old Jameis. Jameis now with 10 interceptions on the season. Only Baker Mayfield has more with 11. Another thing I got wrong, listen, I thought it could have been the week for the Miami Dolphins. But here's what I don't really get. They came out last week and said Josh Rosen was going to be the quarterback. We're going to stick with Josh Rosen. We need to see what we have in Josh Rosen. Then midway through the next game, you go to Brian Fitzpatrick. I don't understand that. I got that wrong. It seems like, listen, Rosen was under so much pressure. Maybe they thought Fitzmagic had um, some more escapability, pocket presence, that sort of thing. But that I did not understand. I, I got to tell you. Listen, the Chargers. Another thing I'm off on, listen, Stats Overbeat Cypher, if you're a real deal, you know I've been on the Chargers for years now. I thought they were a talented roster, and I thought they'd get better with Hunter Henry back, with Melvin Gordon back. The Hunter Henry part is legit. Eight for 100, two touchdowns. I tell you all the time, most of these tight ends are really just going to go four for 43, three for 37, but then maybe they'll get the touchdown. Hunter Henry is one of them who will do more than that who will be a part of this offense. And I really believe if you listen to me and grabbed Hunter Henry early, if he was out there, boy, do you have yourself a tight end one for the rest of the season. But the Melvin Gordon part is what I'm wrong about. Listen, I thought it would be fine for them to have Gordon as the early down between the tackles kind of guy and Eckler as a pass catching back. I don't think that works out. Melvin Gordon continues to look slow. 8 for 18 last night. I know they got game flowed out of it. But my problem is that you are taking snaps away from Austin Eckler, who was a top 10, maybe a top 5 back in the beginning of the season and now he's blocked by Melvin Gordon like working himself into game shape. I got that wrong. I thought the Chargers would make it better. They can't run the ball. So you got Phillip Rivers, as you know, people are saying, you know, putting the ball up so many times, it'll help for fantasy. It won't help that real team. Uh Random Asian is asking me about DeAndre Hopkins. I still love DeAndre Hopkins. What are you going to do? You're not going to sell him. You're not going to drop him. You got to grin and bear it. Is he he that first-round pick that you had? Maybe not, but he can still pop off at any time. You see what the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson are doing. I'm not concerned about DeAndre Hopkins. You start him every single week. Big shout-out to John Giovanno, Tampa pick six in the chat room, doing big things in the Stats Over Beats League. Another thing I was wrong about, and then we'll move to waivers, I thought these backup quarterbacks were going to turn into pumpkins. You know, I thought Teddy Bridgewater would maybe be able to go 3-3. and He's he's undefeated for those Saints who are still announcing themselves as contenders regardless of the quarterback. You know, and Teddy's managing the game, right? He ain't throwing the ball 45 times. His efficiency is there. He's completing two-thirds of his passes, though, 24 out of 36. You know, and same thing about Kyle Allen. 20 for 32, basically two-thirds, two touchdowns, no picks. These guys are making boatloads of cash with every start and every win they make in relief. And now we've got an issue in Carolina, and that's the poll question. I think it's hysterical. I'm asking you when Cam is healthy, who should be the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers? And thank you to the dozens of people who are voting. We're over 100 at this point. Two-thirds of you say Kyle Allen should remain the starting quarterback When Cam Newton is fully healthy. If this isn't like recency bias, I don't know what is. Now listen, Kyle Allen's been good, but is he really any bit better? And I know people in the chat room are saying this. Is he really an elite quarterback? Cam Newton won an MVP award, people. I understand he's compromised. I understand he's not running. Same thing, right? He can't run anymore. It's a different animal. The same as if, God forbid, knock on wood, it doesn't happen. Patty Mahomes is compromised in the same way. But to have you guys think that two-thirds of you think that Kyle Allen should fend off Cam Newton, that Cam Newton, in essence, got Wally pipped, I think is a little bit much. We'll see what happens after Kyle Allen ultimately loses a game because I don't think they're going undefeated. All right, let's keep it moving. I want to turn my—and by the way, remember, hit me up with your stats over beats, uh, Game of Inches. You would yeah. have to beat Perry Ying right now, who is the leader in the clubhouse with that Chicago-Washington Monday night football sack on the last play of the game. That cost a victory by .04. If you could beat that, or if you just want to get it up on the show, hit us up. Hashtag Game of Inches. We'll do some on Thursday. Of course, if you want to be really down, follow me on Twitter at Spittin' Speeds. Hit me up on Patreon for guaranteed responses and be part, for real, of the stats over beat Cypher. Now, listen, there wasn't as many injuries to big-time players, right? We gave you the Disley and Manny Sanders, but we think he'll be a little bit okay, Amari Cooper. So there's not, like, this run to the waiver wire, as there is in most weeks, but I got to tell you, we got buys, we got Carolina, Tampa, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. You can legitimately have, like, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chris Godwin... And Curtis Samuel as your three wide receivers. You know, you could legitimately have, oh, I don't know, James Conner and like Rojo as your. So I understand you may need some people and we're gonna be here to help you out. Let's look at the running back position first, okay? I'm looking at the heavily added people. I'll give you their ownership percentage, and I'll give you if I think they're diamonds or fugazes on the waiver wire. The first one, the most heavily added right now, and I'm intrigued by this. He's owned in two-thirds of leagues, so one out of three of you can go out right now and get Devin Singletary from Buffalo. Now, remember, also, it's always good to look at the teams that had their buy last week. A guy like Devin Singletary probably got dropped last week because Buffalo was on their buy. He's out there. They are now off their bye. I think he's worth it because, remember, he was coming back from injury. I think that's worth it if you need a play this week. On the flip side, though, no, a Fugazi. This Mark Walton stuff for Miami, I don't believe it. Remember also, there's what, Kenyon Drake there? There's Kalen Balazs there. You really want the third running back of an Owen however many team? I want no part of it. I was surprised to see that he was so heavily added. Chase Edmonds, he's interesting. 34% owned, so two-thirds of you can go out right now and get yourself Chase Edmonds. And I know he's had some more burn recently, and I know it's a volume offense, but this is really tied to David Johnson, right? If David Johnson misses time, if the back acts up, that sort of thing. I like Chase Edmonds, kind of, but he's no more than just a traditional handcuff. If you like Chase Edmonds, there's no difference in getting, like, you know, Elijah Penny, Right? Or there's no difference in getting like Latavius Murray, or there's no, di- you know, this kind of thing, you know, Ty Montgomery. He's really no different than a kind of strict handcuff, in my opinion. But hey, with the buys coming up, you could do worse. Two guys that are owned in, you know, more like two thirds of leagues. Adrian Peterson, listen, I told you about this last week because the new coach, Bill Callahan, wants to run the ball, right? And Chris Thompson got banged up a little bit with the foot. But let's not forget what you saw yesterday was against the Miami Dolphins. Don't think you could just pick that up and apply it now on a week-to-week basis. So I'm not... I, I think it's a volume play, maybe. But if you are looking for a volume play, go right back to the diamond in the rough that I said, that Strong Style said, Carlos Hyde. Like I said... Over 20 carries in three of the Texans' four wins. I think that's sustainable as his role and Duke Johnson's role begin to get a little bit more clear. I'll give you the tight ends as well, and then we'll do the waiver wire wide receivers on the other side of the break. We'll answer your questions, and we'll talk Monday Night Football as well. At tight end, listen, if Hunter Henry's still out there, I he shouldn't be because you should have got him last week when I told you, but he's still out there in 35 40% of leagues. Go spend the fab budget and the waiver priority for it. The guy you need to know, though, next man up for Will Disley, it's going to be Luke Wilson. If you like Luke Wilson, I think he could be a streamer. We know what he is at this point of his career, but he knows the offense. Russell trusts him, so he could be viable. There was some production there, and... With my off-buy uh, off kind of idea, Eric Ebron is unowned in half of leagues in the Indianapolis Colts are coming off their buy. That could be a look. When we come back, we open up the phone lines, 844-843-6879. I give you wide receivers to add on the waiver wire, and we look ahead to Monday Night Football. We'll see if uh, Danny Otto's getting some friendship bread, too. All that, it's episode 408 of the Fantasy Freestyle right here on Sports Grid with the Spittin' Statistician. Come on back, dilly dilly to y'all. Phone lines are open. Holla at your boy. Welcome back, episode four hundred eight of the Fantasy Freestyle here on Sports Grid Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Uh, my man Horn Dog, Dog is asking about Juju. Now, listen, there's going to be a lot of players like this. No, you ain't cutting Juju. No, you're not trading Juju because here it's a very simple thing to um, Horn Dog and a lot of other people. It's like the stock market. You sell high, you buy low. So as something's coming down to low, you don't sell it. You're going to sell it for, what, 80, 60 cents on the dollar? You're trying to trade Juju now. Nobody wants to trade for him now. you know. So, no, sometimes the answer, and I know people don't like it, I'm going to say this, weeks five, six, seven, and eight, you got to just hold sometimes. Remember, I was saying this about Devontae Adams, about Mike Evans, about Devontae Freeman, who's now, by the way, involved in the passing offense for Atlanta. Sometimes I know you don't like you gotta just grin and bear it, and that's the case with Juju. I see you guys. Um I see you guys on the phone lines. I'm gonna open them up in a hot second. I do wanna tell you some waiver wide wide receivers first. Waiver wire wide receivers. Say that five times fast, and then you too could be the spitting statistician. Listen. Guys, I said it. I told you one of the things speeds got right. This Jets offense is different with Sam Darnold there. Robbie Anderson is owned in 59% of leagues. Go get him. People thought he was going to be he was a wide receiver three going into the draft. He was the same level drafted as like Allen Robinson, for God's sakes. If he's out there. Now their starting quarterback is back. Go get him. Same with Jamison Crowder. Yeah, the same Jamison Crowder who had 14 catches on 17 targets in week one. I'll take six for 98 in Sam Darnold's return. He's owned in 42% of leagues. Similarly, Golden Tate is owned in 60% of leagues. I said this last week. People were thinking that it was Eli Manning. Oh, now it's Danny Dimes. In the same way, it's not Luke Folk. Oh! It's Sam Darnold, okay, and Golden Tate last week on Thursday Night Football with Danny Dimes, 6 for 102, and a touchdown. This also guys off by. There's two wide receivers off by that are being heavily added that I would also add. The first, he's 70% owned, but worth a check. It's Tyrell Williams. Remember, he also not only did the Raiders have the bye, but he missed that game before in London because he was hurt. So maybe someone dropped him and no one thought to pick him up because they were on bye last week. You can get him now. I certainly recommend it. He's the number one wideout for the Oakland Raiders who, by the way, have three wins on the season. And the other one, my man Gabe Morrency would love this. He's the prop bet king and that's Cole Beasley. He's only owned in 15%, but in PPR leagues, he's absolutely warranted. Let's go to the phones real quick before I give you a uh, my thoughts on Monday Night Football as the Lions and the Packers are what maybe like forty-five minutes away. You know who we go to first? He probably wants to ask me about the showdown slate on DraftKings. It's Connor in Tampa. What's going on, Connor, brother man?
1: Yo, no, man, how you doing? Actually, on this Sunday, was almost. It was almost amazing to me. At freaking, I'm actually the one o'clock game. that I was winning like three grand. Nice. I was so freaking hyped. Like I was. I was literally. Uh, yeah, but um. Like I had Kirk Cousins, I had the Kirk Cousins and Stefan Diggs stack. That's there you my, go. That that went off. For sure. And then I had and then I had Nick Chubb, but we're but we're really messed up. I, um, instead of freaking, um, instead of Chris Carson, I played um Mark Ingram. Yeah. Instead of off, instead I liked Austin, Ingram going played, into the week. He didn't get Zach the usage.
3: Here. There was some Gus Edwards, some uh, Hill as yeah, well. No. So what's up no, for I'm tonight to and moving forward,
1: stack, the Hooper. Um. Um, so um, for tonight, um, you, um, who'd like better than between um, Danny Amendola and Jamal Williams? Like, are you are, are you scared that they're going to like limit Jamal, Jamal Williams tonight? I don't tonight? think. Listen, and that's a for good a question.
3: Back. And thanks for the call, as always, Connor. You know, I'm I'm okay with going to Jamal Williams. All right. Here's the thing: a he'll be low owned, Connor, and everybody else. And two, before the injury, right on Thursday night against Philly, he was getting more and more snaps every single week. LaFleur even came out and said we need it to be more of a balance. Now, since Jamal Williams has gone out, Aaron Jones has gone off. And it's valid to think, Connor, that they may try to ease Jamal Williams back in. But I'm okay with going Jamal Williams over Amendola for sure. All right, let's talk a little bit. Um, And Danny, let me know if there's any other callers. I'll hit you up in a hot second, Danny. But let's talk about Monday Night Football. All right, what I'm staring at right now is Green Bay still three and a half point favorites. Is that where we're at? Yeah, three and a half point favorites. 45 and a half is the total. I've never seen a team or a player be more of a gatekeeper or a litmus test than Matthew Stafford and the Detroit Lions. Matthew Stafford, everyone says for like three weeks he plays like an MVP. Hey, they're gritty. They're going to be good this year. Matthew Stafford's record against teams that are above 500 is 5 and 43. Let me say that again. 5 and 43 against teams that are above 500. On the road, he has one win against a team that finished 500. So, he beats bad teams, but can he step up in class on the road against the contender? I'm not so sure. What I am sure of is you know how I love that Green Bay defense, but then I saw them get exposed via the run against Philly and against others. I know my guy, when they cut C.J. Anderson, and I told you how much I was happy about our guy going to start getting run, then he had 20 carries two weeks ago. 26 carries last time out those 46 carries are more than everybody in the NFL with the exception of some guy named Christian McCaffrey you combine that with the fact that the Green Bay Packers are 31st in the NFL giving up five and a half yards a touch to the running back position. And my guy's getting 20 or more touches in the last couple of games, and I think that will continue as Patricia looks to run the ball. And my guy has a 76 total in rushing yards and a 92.5 total in scrimmage yards. Danny, tell the people I'm going over 92.5 scrimmage yards. For who, Danny? Carry on, on. Absolutely. Listen, they are feeding Kerryon Johnson. I think they're going to continue to do so. He's he's going to get the touches, and Green Bay's defense is giving it up to the running back. I like Kerryon Johnson over 92.5 scrimmage yards. The other player that I'm on for prop bets is Jimmy Graham. Listen, with no Devontae Adams, right? Yeah, you got Geronimo Allison. Yeah, you got Marquez Valdez Scantling. But I think in the red zone and... When Jimmy Graham is in third, I mean, in third downs, when A-Rod is on the on the rollout, I think they're going to find Jimmy Graham. The prop bets for Jimmy Graham today, three and a half receptions, I like that over. You can also get Jimmy Graham at plus 230 to score a touchdown, and I think that is an interesting bet. On the, the other one, and Connor just mentioned it, I'm okay with Jamal Williams, and so on the flip side, I think that these totals for Aaron Jones are artificially pumped up because he's been so dominant over the last couple of weeks. I'll take an under 68 and a half rushing yards for Aaron Jones, okay? Remember, Snacks Harrison in the middle of that line, it's tough to run against Detroit, and I think they're going to work Jamal Williams in a little bit. So, over 92 and a half scrimmage yards for Kerryon Johnson, over three and a half receptions for Jimmy Graham, Plus 230, Jimmy Graham scores a touchdown in this game, and under 68.5 yards for Aaron Jones via the run. As for the game, I think Green Bay gets it done. I think Detroit will hang with them for two and a half quarters, but then I think Green Bay ultimately shows themselves and is better. But I don't like it at three and a half. I think that 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 hook scares me. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to be betting this game in game live. Okay, what I hope is that Detroit has a nice little first drive. If I can get the in game live total anywhere, uh, not total, the line under a field goal. If I can get Green Bay minus two, minus two and a half, and the score is still like three nothing Detroit, seven seven Detroit, but Detroit moving the ball. That's what I'll do because ultimately I like Green Bay to win this game, and I have a slight lean to the under. But that is not the play I would make. The play I'd make is live Green Bay if I can get it. 92 over scrimmage yards for On Johnson. Over three and a half for Jimmy Graham. Plus 230 for a touchdown and under 68 and a half rushing yards for Aaron Jones. I nailed some of the prop bets yesterday. I hope you heard me on Sunday morning. Um, I gave you over for Thielen. I gave you over for Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder. And I gave you under for DJ Chark. I said he was going to be shadowed by Lattimore, and he shut him down. So that's why we don't need to play the song at all. No, 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 Danny. We don't need to play the song. I hope people are damn Mountain. I hope, I hope everyone's bouncing. I hope Danny in the undisclosed location is bouncing because he's going to get yet another W. Speeds is going to take another L, guys. This is quickly. The Stats Over Beats League is quickly coming one of my leagues that I'm not doing well enough in that I'm going to have to lose attention for. I got a shot. But I would have to have guys go absolutely off. Danny, I know you had a wager with Jilly Dilly. It looks to me like Jilly Dilly is going to move to 5-1 on the season by beating you by a uh, handy margin, huh, Danny?
5: Yeah.
3: So what's up with that?
5: <laughs> I mean...
3: You just wanted friendship bread.
5: Well, I, I promised her when she asked for my address earlier this morning. Right. I promised her that I played everyone that I possibly could. I did not just throw it because I wanted Of course not. But, uh, yeah, I got I got slammed to the ground.
3: Yeah, you got dumb trucked. And yeah. then big shout-out, of course, to my man, Tampa Pick 6, John G. He spent some time on set here. And uh looks like he's going to get another W unless Kaz can get big things here on Monday night. It looks like, honestly, Danny, it looks like the Tampa Pick 6 and Jilly Dilly are starting to separate themselves, right? They were the 2-4-1 teams. They both get victories. It looks like, again, uh, it looks like they're going to be true contenders here, huh, Danny?
5: Yeah, they're going to be teams to beat Like if, if, if anyone has any chances to do anything.
3: Yeah, I would say so. Looking ahead to next week, though, I got a big timer. I'm rolling with the homies. And guess what? Tampa pick six plays down under, who's 0-5. They may get another win, but a tougher matchup for Jilly Dilly. Jilly Dilly's going to see my man Danny Lee, the undisclosed location. He's going to get a win against me to move to four and two. Uh, so that looks like it's going to be a big one next week. Jilly Dilly versus the undisclosed location. Hopefully, neither one of those have big boys who are Carolina Panthers or Tampa Bay Bucks, you know, or who are the other two teams on bye? Or the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Cleveland Browns. Because, listen, those are teams with fantasy players. I got one league where I've, I'm eviscerated by byes this week. And remember, if anybody was seeing that pit league where I drafted uh, Jameis Winston and Big Ben and I was like, oh, then I realized they both had buys the same week. And I was like, you know what? These things will have a way of working themselves out. Well, what do you know? Big Ben is on IR and Jameis is one of these, you know, is one of these garbage time throwers of 400 yards. And unfortunately, I think that, in fact, will continue. But check it out. I also want to give a big shout out and thanks. I know everyone saw on Sunday Sunday. We welcomed Ariel Epstein to the show, to the network. Um, she did great job. She's going to be a great addition to not only the Sunday show, but here to the Fantasy Sports and to the Sports Grid Network. We're really happy to have her. What we're going to do, and listen, I tell you guys all the time, on Sunday... I can't host the show and be responding to so many people on Twitter, on Patreon. So get those questions in, please, by Saturday night. I promise if they are in by Saturday night, I will answer them Sunday morning, but it's hard. If you have a question on Sunday morning, hit us up in the chat room from for, for Pro Football Today. We're going to ask Ariel to monitor the chat room, right, and synthesize them and ask them so we address your questions live on the show. What I'm telling you guys, if you're Real Deal Stats Over Beat Cypher... Put in the chat, if you're asking a question, hashtag StatsOverBeats, and I'll make sure Ariel gets it, all right? Listen, give me Green Bay, although I'm worried about that hook. Get it live. Give me some more carry-on and give me Graham. We'll be back to talk about it on Thursday. I hope you guys got your wins. I hope they're not Game of Inches, but if they are, send them in at Spittin' Speeds. That's it for episode 408. Thanks to the Stats Beats Cypher. Thanks to my man Danny and the Pit of Misery. I'm out. Peace by out. I mean, I'm sitting here for another hour with Gabe. Let's go. In-game live. Monday Night Football. Here we go. I'm out. Peace.
0: The Steelers a chance to win. You got a third string quarterback. The dudes, people don't even know who Devlin Hodges is, where the hell he came from, what the hell's a Samford? No idea who this guy was. And oh, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger spent an entire career racking up rings and yardage, yet he's never won a game on the West Coast. So now the Steelers, you're asking them to go back on a West Coast with a third string quarterback going up against a Chargers team with Melvin Gordon back, Austin Eckler. And yeah, they promptly go ahead, turn the ball over three times. And again, dig themselves a hole in the first half that they can't dig themselves out of in the second half. And the Chargers, I their schedule gets brutal from here on out. But Pittsburgh's part of a conference. Let's face it, Cleveland loses again. Baltimore is... They're decent. They're not, you know, they're not a juggernaut. Now, all of a sudden, Pittsburgh with a couple of back-to-back wins. Pittsburgh's in the running now for the NFC, uh, the AFC North title. Uh, it, It all of a sudden just got really interesting after yesterday's games.
3: Yeah, I mean, listen, Pittsburgh gets that win 24-17. They go to 2-4 and four on the season. I, I don't know if I see it the same way, Joe. I think Baltimore is, in fact, the class of that division. They get a close win. We said it this morning. We thought the last yesterday morning we thought the back door would be open for the Bengals, and it was. But, Joe, I don't know. I think Baltimore at 4-2, and two, you know, yes, Pittsburgh got the win yesterday in a tough, you know— I was going to say tough, but it wasn't. There were more terrible towels there than Chargers fans, you know? Mm. So the they are two games back. I still think Baltimore is the class of this division, but I want to talk more about the Chargers. Listen, Joe, I mean, they can't stop the run. It has nothing to do, you know, they have to be able to stop the run. The entire stadium knew that Pittsburgh was going to be running the ball, especially late in that game. And they were still gatching the Chargers right up the middle. And then on the other side of things, I don't know about you, Joe. Maybe I'm just an Austin Eckler truther but Melvin Gordon does not look like he's hitting the ground running. Melvin Gordon looks slow to me. Okay. It looks like that offense has a lot more spunk when Austin Eckler is on the field. I know that's when they're in the shotgun and slinging it. That's what Phillip rivers wants to do. Although he also slings the interceptions as well, but I don't know, Joe Melvin Gordon eight for 18 and it just looks like uh, it doesn't look dynamic with him on the field. They even showed a stat for the Chargers about what their run game has done. And they were great at the beginning of the season. Now, Now, I I don't see it. It looks like they're just putting Melvin Gordon in and they got to work him in a little bit more. And they don't have time to do that. Now, standing at two and four, Joe, what do you think about this Gordon and Eckler kind of balance? It looked like Melvin Gordon was not an added value to the offense.